Sometimes you gotta go back to actually move forward. I don't mean all the way back to dental school. Let's face it, that was an awful experience. But when it's all said and done, you still have questions. That's what Paul and Justin are here for. To answer your questions as your dental business mentors. What's up, everybody? This is Dr. Justin. I'm here with Dr. Paul Etchison. Hey, yo. What's happening? It's a beautiful day over here. What's it like over there, Paul? Dude, it's a beautiful day. My daughter's got a bunch of friends over in the pool, and my wife is outside hanging out with a bunch of moms. And after we're done with this, I got to go make an appearance and shake some hands and kiss some babies, and then nothing else going on today. I'm going to try to go golfing, but I can't find anyone to go golfing with me, and I don't like going golfing by myself because I'm just not a... If you golf by yourself, people want you to play through, and that means you have to hit off the tee box in front of them, and I'm just not comfortable to- <laughs> so, if I can't find anyone to go with, I'm not going. But yeah, man, it's a good day. How about you? See, it's, it's looking good by you as well. Good, man. Back-to-back meetings, just working. And my son is off on a third grade camping trip. So it's the first time they stay overnight. They go on this camping trip. Oh, so dude, been, that's great. It'll be interesting. He's like ready to go. Mom's like not ready to let him go. But he's, so are you going to miss us? He's like, no. Like, I'm good. I'm ready to ditch you guys for a day. It's like, good. Oh, that's great. My oldest was always scared to do that. And she's doing it this summer, too. And it's going to be her first one. But she's scared to do overnights. But anyway, yeah, dude. So uh question today is, we've got this weird climate. And everyone's talking about the economy, all this stuff in the market and stuff like that. What is the future of multi-practice ownership, in your opinion, like with what we know now and what we're seeing happening in an industry? So my future for multi-practice ownership is probably zero. I could say that for myself personally, but you being a multi-practice <laughs> owner, I'm just going to pass that to you because I think you got the you got the chops to actually speak about what's going on in that space. So go for it. I think if I'm thinking about multi-practice ownership, I'm looking at it in a few different categories. If you've got some large group practice and it's your sole practice, that's a different story. But when I refer to multi-practice ownership, I'm talking more so like 10 or more practices or you're trying to centralize services and you're trying to scale your organization, right? I mean, there's folks out there maybe who have six and that's where they're capped and that's where they're going to stay. I'm not talking about that when I think about the future. I'm more so referring to people who are actively trying to scale year over year and what the future of that looks like. And so if we take a look at consolidation, right, which is effectively what multi-practice ownership is accomplishing, we're seeing consolidation, more practices and fewer hands. We've seen it in the US and Canada and Australia, all over the place with the medical fields. A number of them are far more consolidated than dentistry is today. My view is that it'll continue to consolidate. My view is that we'll have to see a number of pivots happen in the short term to compensate for some of the operational challenges, which I'll get into in a second. But ultimately, it's here to stay. We're going to see folks continue to want to acquire practices, centralized services, find ways to deliver good patient care, but at the same time, reduce costs. And we all know reduced costs do come a lot easier to folks who have the benefit of economies of scale or the ability to negotiate expenses on behalf of all of their partners. To me, being small is tougher to negotiate. So that complicates profitability in the practices. So what's going to happen over the next five years, 10 years, 20 years, consolidation will continue to take place. If you look at those folks that are backed by private equity companies, 
those folks are getting smarter too, right? They're not closing on every deal anymore. Folks are starting to ask smarter questions like things about office culture, where it's not just about EBITDA and the net earnings. It's about the culture. It's about, it's always been about retention of the dentist, but placing more emphasis on that and a partnership long-term because I think what folks are finding is it's taking them longer to get the returns they wanted to or longer to amortize the debt load that they anticipated they would over the the initial five-year cycle. Number one, it's like I said, it's going to continue. Number two, we're going to face the same challenges we always have, which is getting talent. What stagnates the growth or the ability for even just a single owner operator to grow is can you actually service the patients that are calling your practice nowadays? Are you booking hygiene out too far? They're synthetic capacity issues is the way I like to look at them, right? Like it's like you have a synthetic capacity issue that's been created due to the fact that you don't have that extra hygienist that you could really use. You can't recruit that associate or you can't find a partner dentist that wants to join your existing practice because of geographical challenges, for example. Those things are magnified right now. If you ask anybody who's operated a single practice in the last decade, they'll all tell you that staff finding quality staff and finding good doctor talent has always been an issue. That's not a new problem. It's just magnified. To me, those things don't resolve themselves overnight. And you superimpose those over an environment where there's rising costs to operate pretty much across the board because all the businesses we deal with have rising costs. So they pass those on to us, the consumer, right? I think we're going to have to get creative to see the same levels of profitability that we have seen over the last decade. I think we're going to need to think more about being out of network with insurance because, again, stagnant reimbursements will pinch you, right? Especially in an environment where we are seeing rising costs of expenses or we're having synthetic capacity issues because we can't find the number of hygienists we need to actually service our new patient flow. Scaling, in my mind, becomes more difficult. Amortizing that debt when you go to acquire it becomes more challenging. And I think the big guys are feeling it too. You're seeing them venture out in, because they're running into inventory challenges or whatever else, venture out into de novos, but they're also scrutinizing practices more, right? You see more deals fall apart now than, than let's say, five years back. So my view is that when you look at all these factors, you look at what we talked about, doctor talent, staff talent, rising costs, stagnant reimbursements, you're going to have to pivot and, and make intelligent moves. And some of those things look like going on a network. Some of those things look like if you're big enough, creating training facilities, perhaps, where you can actually get folks from other industries to come join. It comes from everyone collaborating and showing folks out there, because there's a lot of folks just making 60, 70, 80K who have university degrees who could do a two to four year hygiene program and make twice what they're making now, right? And make an impact on people's lives, help with overall health, actually make a difference. Whereas they might just be a, an accountant who's not doing more than 60K and has to also run their own business in the process. They might be a lawyer, they might be a pharmacist, they might be you know, a physiotherapist, and they've all put in the same dues really when you look at timelines. And when they start seeing that, hey, there's a possibility for me to do over 100K a year in this profession, I think you may see a shift, but those things take time. Those things take a lot of time. So over the next five years, I mean, who the hell knows, right? It's like me trying to predict what's gonna happen to the stock market tomorrow, I don't know five years, three years, two years, eight years, 10 years, I don't know. But in general, sometime in the future, I hope 
that we see that change and we see that influx of people from other industries come into dentistry, which helps us eradicate some of those issues. Hey everyone, I just wanted to share a recent success story I just heard about. Six months ago, Dr. Dushan Patel of Sumner Dental Group in Tennessee reached out to Relevance Marketing because he wasn't receiving a whole lot of traffic from his website or anything online. Relevance expanded the online presence by listing the dental office and all the online directories with consistent information, which is super important, fixing any errors, along with redesigning his website using content that Google upranks, all the while keeping aesthetics and search keywords in mind. They then began to publish blogs and information relevant to dentistry using the search keywords for their area. Now, in just a few months, Sumner Dental was in position number one or number two on the Google Map Pack and organic listings for almost every single dental keyword. They saw an 88.9% increase in phone calls as well as 115% increase in interactions with their Google business profile. Now, if you think having your phone ring almost twice as often with new patients could really change your practice, well, you're right. If you're looking for a transparent, no contracts, no BS, and results-driven online marketing program, look no further than RelevanceOnlineMarketing.com. It's who I've been using for almost five years. Can't say enough good things about them. Hey, mention the Dental Practice Heroes podcast and you'll get your first month free. Go to RelevanceOnlineMarketing.com to schedule your free demo today. That's www.RelevanceOnlineMarketing.com. Yeah, man. And you mentioned that the issue is being magnified. I feel like this is completely anecdotal evidence is that for me, I feel like five years ago, it was like, man, dude, they go DSO, you get the scaling, you can slick it off to another group, you get these big multiples, you just got to centralize services, it's not that hard to do. And then I think as, like you said, the issue is being magnified. It's obvious right now that there are a lot of groups that are struggling and a lot of groups that thought you could just put a bunch of practices together and go look at some big DSO and they'll, they'll pick you off or some private equity will pick you off for some nice multiple. And they're just not showing the profitability that they, they wanted to. And it's like this easy game of just rolling up practices all of a sudden seems just a little bit more complicated now, in my opinion, from what I've seen. And I know just from like MB2, MB2 has always been really selective, but I, I had somebody I referred, I talked to and referred them to MB2 and MB2 passed on him, and he's like, I don't know what the heck just happened. And he's like, he's like, I don't know if I, I made him mad or whatever, if it was like, I didn't realize I was like dating. I thought it was just like you, I was signing up. And I was like, oh, no, then you, you, they, they care about like what, your practice and, and the culture and stuff like that. It's not just uh, buying EBITDA. So, yeah, man, I mean, multi-practice for me, no. I have no interest in more employees, anything I want to do, less employees. And, and as you know, like right now we're going out of insurances and trying to I don't know if we're downsizing, but we're not growing anymore by volume. That's for sure. But yeah, man, I don't have a whole lot to say about that. I just agree. And it's interesting to hear what you have to say. You got anything else you want to add to that? Yeah, I would just kind of summarize all this for anybody who's interested in adding practices or folks who are maybe mid-sized groups. It's no secret to them. These challenges we're talking about, they're all dealing with them day in, day out. But I think if folks are coming together to collaborate and promote the profession in the long term, things will work out. They always do. You'll have to find new ways to live. That may include technology, outsourcing, training institutes, all sorts of things. It may include a number of things that you just don't want to do because they're challenging and it's a new way of living and being. But I think that's the only path forward is to look at ways to 
maintain profitability because without a high degree of profitability, in my opinion, it becomes less attractive to want to scale, but also it becomes much more challenging to create stability and stable operations over time. It becomes much more challenging to invest in the things you want to and to keep up with wages, et cetera. So the long and the short of it is if you're playing the long game, I think you're going to win here. If your goal is to get as many practices as you can together and then offload those as quickly as possible, I, I don't think that sort of strategy is going to come to fruition in this market. But if you're playing a 10-year, 15-year, 20-year game and you want to create a great business and a great organization that has you know an awesome culture and, and is very attractive to other folks, you can do that. It just depends on how long you're willing to crawl over glass to get there, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's challenging. Who wants a challenge? Sometimes I do. Right now in my life, I don't. All right, everybody. Dentalbusinessmentor.com. Go check out 200 plus videos, $179 a month, no contract. And send in your questions, info at dentalbusinessmentor.com. We will talk to all you guys next time.